Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad that um, you have found your way back to me. It is May 1st, uh, first of the month. Um, And you are on with, I don't know, you're not on. You're listening to FU Pay Me podcast. Fuck you, Pay Me podcast. And I'm really happy that you're here today. Um, So today uh, we have a really great guest. Uh, She's going to inspire me to not curse as much. (laughs) because uh yeah that's just not her vibe you know and sometimes you have to make uh adjustments for the people that you love okay uh let's start off with gratitude what am i grateful for uh i told you last week that i started a prayer playbook notebook just trying to be more intentional with my meditation and my prayer and so i'm really grateful for that i feel like i have a better control of my mental health and um you know this is may and it's mental health wellness mental health awareness month and so for all of you out there that um do deal with the blues and that's kind of everybody or you deal with anxiety uh you feel like a ball of fuzz is in your brain um i will implore you to check out this book but also just take some time with yourself to love on yourself and to breathe, 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 focus on your breath, focus on your breath. Um, you'd be amazed. It helps a lot. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So like I said, we're interviewing, um, Whitley Porter for the, my story portion of today's podcast. Um, but, um, you know, we've already said what we are grateful for. And, um, I think it's important that we jump into this quote here. Gee, here, gee. You agree with me? You agree with me? not really here for you to agree but i am here to entertain entertain you okay so the quote for today's episode is uh success is not final failure is not fatal it is the courage to continue that counts uh that's by winston churchill and uh yeah that's kind of where we're ruminating at for this episode um Like I said, uh, Whitley will be on the show. She's a life coach. She's a brand strategist. She's a lot of dope things. She's a minister. And um, sometimes on this journey of being an entrepreneur and an artist, we can feel a little stuck um, or we could just go through ebbs and flows that we're not prepared for. We could have thought it was easier than it was. And she's just here to give us the real, you know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you guys again for tuning in to F You Pay Me. Let's jump into this interview, all right? (laughs) Peace. Well, hey, 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 welcome to the My Story portion of FUPM. Uh, I'm really excited to have the guest that we have today. This person has been um, extremely uh, influential and inspirational and helpful in my personal journey and you know since this is may you know mental hair you guys know i begin tongue-tied it's a thing but since this is may <laughs> mental health awareness month um 
I just figured it would be cool to have her pop on and like share share her journey and um, to how she got to the place in which she is. Um, and also like maybe share some, drop some gems on some things that can help us uh, through the month or, you know, through our little lifetime. All right, I know her as a friend, but also life coach, Whitley Porter. Whitley, would you like to introduce yourself though, you know? Sure. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited, Rachel. This is like, it's touching my soul. But um, hi, everyone. My name is Whitley Porter. Some people call me Life Coach Wit. And um, oh man, dang. You know when you play this game with people and then you're like, they normally, do you want me to say like, my eyes are brown, (laughs) like long walks in the park? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. Okay, so they got your name, your life code. Where are you from, Wit? Uh, Where am I from? Okay, so I was born in Jamaica, but um, let me not play like I lived there all my life. I wish. That would be a very cool story, but no. um, Came back to the States fairly um, quickly after I was born and then grew up in the Inland Empire, Southern California area. So like um, wine country, Temecula Marietta area went to school at UC Riverside, didn't go too far, then moved to Pasadena, just been around, around the block. So SoCal is, is home to me though. Wow. So you're a super California girl. That's, yes. Sounds very okay, authentic. <laughs> Do you know how to surf? That's a random question. I've never asked you. Uh, no, I tried to, um, a couple times, but I'm not the greatest swimmer. So it's surfing is not for those that swim like me. So, um, but I do love water. I respect that. I respect that. Um, okay. So <laughs> when, um, you said you're Jamaican, you're a Yardie. It's cool. So am I. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> yes. Big up to Jamaica. Wait, uh, us. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, but so with being, you know, having that, um, Caribbean, um, well, both of us are, you know, halfies. So like, um, um, but even one Caribbean parent, you know, or one African parent or just one um, parent, you know, from a different background, you know, that that changes how you're raised in the culture and some of the issues that you end up having. Um, so when I found Wit and I found her through a mutual friend of ours, shout out to Khalid, um, that is my brethren. Um, Yay! Uh, yeah so when you you do have those similarities sometimes it's the best when you're dealing with things to find somebody who has like a like trait (laughs) so that you can kind of connect on that and they're all all these other lovely um uh, connections but um yeah that was a beautiful thing because i think you could understand where sometimes i wasn't able to give myself grace because i think you know, sometimes um, having parents that are foreigners, you can be really hard on yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it is also what makes this excellent. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, but um, let's let's talk about how you got into being a life coach. Like, and that's not the only thing you do with. So you're like, um, like totally playing with people. So like, let's talk about the life coach thing, but then please um, talk about, you know, the other aspects of, you're like a host. You like do like ministry, you know, the Lord. 
you know, this is also, guys, respectfully, while I why I will try to censor myself as <laughs> <laughs> much as I can. I really, I will. Um, but uh, yeah, let the people know. Yeah, I mean, I have a like. I feel like as a Jamaican slash. I don't know what happened, but I have a lot of like lives that I've lived um, and I'm only 34. But in terms of, I feel like it was a two part question. So I want to make sure I'm answering it correctly. Yeah. No, uh, shout out to the, the age of Christ. Um, no. <laughs> um, we got you 34. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, no, what, well, firstly, firstly, how did you become a life coach, right? And yeah. then the, the second part, which we can answer after i can ask you later if that helps how did you become a life coach let's do that so technically i became a life coach because um being a pastor was like people were like what and you can't like charge people to be a pastor it's <laughs> weird like imagine going <laughs> and like hey my hourly rate you like blasphemy you know so i was like okay nobody cares about me being a pastor but when i said life coach um and then I'm not gonna lie to you, I was broke and um, <laughs> I needed like a quick gig and I knew people wouldn't pay pastoring and then I couldn't say I was a therapist because you can get a lot of trouble for like lying like that guy did in that state where he said he was a doctor and then he was like a young kid. Did you I'm know weak, that? I'm weak, yes, yes. Um, people yeah, get, so just, with, get, get over on this every once in a while. They do, and so I just didn't want to be that person. So I was like, you know what, if anybody asks, like I have a master's, I went to school, I like studied to go into ministry. I felt like after I studied for that, I didn't become those people, because they say like seminary becomes like a cemetery and people often die there and lose their faith completely. Um, that wasn't me, but wow. I definitely it, I have yeah. never heard that, and I've heard no. multiple people that, wow, seminary is like a seminary. Do you know I've considered going to seminary? I've never thought I could die. Uh, Well, not, you know, in the, like, natural sense, more like figuratively or spiritually. Like, when people start to really uncover Christ, the church, different religions, it can cause a lot of confusion if you're not really grounded in who you are. So I wouldn't recommend it for someone who's, like, you know, sometimes people become therapists because they're like, oh, I was never whole when I was... Like, it's not one of those things you should just dive in because you're like, oh, like, you should really know why you're going into it. But with anything, right? Um, anyways, I digress. So for me, life coaching, one, um, seemed easy because I was already pastoring at a church, finished with my master's degree. So I was like, oh, I can do this. And then two... Um, it was kind of like on the up, like people were starting to like hear about life coaches. It wasn't quite like super popping, but it wasn't like now, you know, if you say you have a coach, people are like, oh, that's so cool. Business coach, life coach, is not. It was still kind of at that phase where it was this 2016, 2017. So I was doing like vision board parties and um, charging people like $10 to get in. I just was like, if I just get 10 people, that's $100. Like, you know, that's when you know that you are like a up and coming entrepreneur who has no money. Cause a hundred dollars was like, oh. <laughs> You're like, when I get this $100. Yeah, that's how it was for me. So then I started like, I took my rate up girl. And I was like, I'm going to do 25 an hour. And I was like, so if I then do 25 an hour, that's, you know, and I started like doing these things where I thought it made so much sense, you know, on a business standpoint, but it's still, was where I was at, right? So that's how I kind of got started was one, 
because I knew I couldn't pastor in charge and two, because I needed money to really fund my dream of being the next Oprah Winfrey. Okay, that's real. Okay, so I feel like that kind of leads into like your other passions. Um, uh, so kind of like, I guess, expound upon, um, how you, I mean, how long did it take for you to like get clients and like, did you have a goal for how many clients you wanted to get, um, uh, in terms of life coaching, like what were your metrics for that or your metrics for success? Was it just getting those hundred or those 10 people in rather, or like, when did you know you had something? Yeah. Or you were helping, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I don't know that I was that intuitive initially. I think I was really, and I'm just being so real with you because I like literally can't lie, especially not to you. Like I had no plan except I like doing this. It's easy for me and it's an easy way to make money. It was kind of during that phase too, like when you think about 2016, 2017, where uh, there was a lot of people coming out and, uh, you know, like the people that followed Gary Vee or different people were saying like, you got to have side hustles. Remember when everybody was like, you got to be an entrepreneur and work for yourself, screw the man. So I like quit my job. I was in that phase of my 20s where I was like, I don't want to work for anybody. I want to work for myself and I want to do life coaching. Well, the I- <laughs> ironic part about it was when I fully quit my job to like lean into life coaching and then being I'm um, doing my side hustle. I'm going to get back to the success metric. But I thought that by doing that, that I would just like clients to be at the door. Well, what I didn't think about was, well, the people that can actually afford to pay you have to work. So you quit your job, but yet you can't even do anything during the hours between nine to five because everybody's at work. So that's deep. That's <laughs> deep. But so, I don't think there are a couple of jobs that people need to rethink right now because it's not considered. <laughs> that everybody else we serve. Cause now I'm not gonna hold you. I ran into a guy the other day. He was like, I detail cars, cool, cool, cool. But then, uh, you know, we started chatting. I hit him up. I'm like, so I need this car detail, right? And then all of a sudden this cat gonna tell me, he gonna tell me he only worked on like Saturday from like seven to like seven. First of all, I hope you don't think I'm going wake up at no 7 a.m. to come get my car. You sound ridiculous. And your own one hour, I mean, that's all he could provide right now. So, but still, that was stressful. You, the, all your clients, they need you. Yeah. So to go back to, I think that point that I was, was that I didn't necessarily have a plan. I just had a result. And because I didn't plan and I just wanted the result of, you know, this is fun and you know people will understand the connection between me wanting to be a talk show and me being a life coach because I'll do content around life coaching and then really just kind of diving into the fact that I just needed money and that was another result because I just want to get paid then I didn't have a metric for success um it wasn't until I started doing it that I started to plan or realize like okay what is the way that I can see if my clients are actually building and doing, you know, hitting their goals. So I started to say, oh, I need to actually have like specific goals for them to hit. I need to like make sure that, you know, I have a process. So it took me actually not even just months, but years to really figure it out because I was treating it like a side hustle, but I wanted full-time job results, if that makes sense. So I'm like, you know. 
No, could you break that down a little bit? Like, okay, so what job were you doing right before you quit? And like, what would you say that were you, are you talking about like the hours you put into the, your new gig? You were treating that like you're just doing it every so often or what, what did you feel? You know, as creatives and, you know, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I know sometimes we have an idea of what we want our, you know, our lives to look like and how we want to create and people to receive it and engage with it. But sometimes the effort that we put into it, especially if people initially don't get it or don't understand, and they kind of come at us in a way that feel like insulting, you know, especially when it comes down to, like I said, like I didn't plan. So I didn't have necessarily like a real thought process and like metrics for finding success, et cetera, because I was kind of looking at it like, I just want to get money and I just want to do something that's easy for me. But I didn't necessarily fully think about the full client experience or think about it as a business. And when you have a business, you say, okay, what's my overhead cost or how much does it cost to make the copies or to buy the posters, right? So if I'm only making 25 an hour and I got good posters for vision boards and all this, like all of those things I didn't think about because it was kind of like, oh, this is a passion project, whatever, versus when you, you know, when you start a full-time job and Rachel, we've talked about this, we want, we want them to come at us like, <laughs> Super professional, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like where are these benefits? I need yeah. to know what my is. Uh, yeah, I don't want anybody to sound like they don't know. Kara, no, what's happening? Exactly. And we we have a different expectation when it's like a full-time job, right? But right. when we okay. sometimes create a job as a creative, we're not thinking about it with that same type of energy. We want that respect from people, right? Like you want people to respect your craft but you don't necessarily always think about, okay, but am I set up for that level of respect that I'm looking for or that result, right? Like, do I set my business up or myself up to receive that? And one of the things that you just asked that I think is, you know, pretty genius, but I wasn't thinking that way, was how did you measure success? Well, I didn't because all I was thinking about was, Whitley Porter's great at this. I'm. People tell me all the time, I'm your life coach. Pay me, right? But I didn't yeah. have, I wasn't, ready for the kind of payment that I was looking to get. That's what I'm mm. saying. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. That's some honesty. Um, <laughs> okay, so before you came up, became a life coach, you said you were a minister. Um, how did you get to that point? Like, how did you get to the point in which you even started seminary? Did you do that at, in California? What, what was that journey like? Um... Okay, we're going there. So, (laughs) 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 we're here. You know, inquiring minds might want to know. Do you know when? I think I told you this. I used to want to be a nun, like in real life. Guys, also, if for any reason during the recording of this, you hear a rooster, (laughs) respectfully, it is because there's a fucking Sorry. See, darn. No, um, don't change you. Don't change you. See, it's tempting me. It's tempting me. Look at the devil outside my window tempting me with anger. I digress. But there is a rooster um, that is also my neighbor. Um, And it is active. So um, (laughs) I apologize. Anyways, a real cock. Um, That's what it is. That's what it's called. Got it. Oh. Um, 
Okay, so back, back to you. Yeah, we're going there, friend. Cause like people be like, Rach, a nun? And I'd be like, yeah, Sister F had a huge impact on my childhood and life. I was like, this is all right, I could do it. Yeah. But then I learned more facts and the sound of music. It seemed like it wasn't that bad, to be honest. I was like, then I found out the truths. And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm cut out for this now. Um, so people want to know, how did how did that happen? How did you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to serve the Lord? <sighs> well, this is the thing. I always serve the Lord. I just didn't necessarily do it in like a super formal or um, uh, what am I thinking of? Like not institutionalized. I'm just trying to think of the right word for this, the right context. But like I, it wasn't so rigid, right? Like I always loved God. I always felt like God was speaking to me and I would share inspirational things with people and I might not even say his name. And then I wasn't able to really put you know, words to that because I'd always feel things for people want to pray with them or, you know, I like, you know, someone would come into my head and I'd, or I'd have a dream. So I started going to this church and they were able to put context for what that was. And then I started feeling like I needed to go to grad school. And I was like, ah, you know, I really was trying to go to grad school for, um, I think I wanted to either do film or I wanted to do journalism, but there was a lot of things that stopped me from even getting in like uh, experience. So I did a lot of, <laughs> they were like- I'm oh, weak, I'm weak. weak. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. So when I was in college, I was out here trying to be like, you know, the first to do everything. So I didn't get like the interns, um, internships at KTLA, like a lot of my friends did or Fox. Um, I interned for myself and I just did events and I did shows and I thought I was like killing it. And like before I left college, I was like, you're going to be the next Oprah. And then I left college and I wasn't. And um, I even like just was devastated by that. So I felt like then I was like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to serve you. So I went like the extreme and was like, okay, God, maybe you just want to humble me. I'm going to just lean in and go to school and do seminary. And then I was like really unhappy doing that because then I was like, well, I don't feel like I fit in. Like I'm not a hundred percent like super bought into like, I need to wear my clothes up to my neck and I need to like not I'm weak. Like, I'm weak. have a beverage outside of like taking communion or something that's alcoholic. Like, you know, I just, I was doing it at times yeah. because I was like, I had to, or being a leader at the church and all of that, but I didn't necessarily feel like a hundred percent of my heart. Like I, I wasn't that uh, religious, um, very much. So we'll never tell you like, oh, the Bible doesn't really mean that. Like I'm not that person. And even though sometimes we take things out of context with the Bible or all of those things, which I won't get into, I still just felt like my path was going to look different. So I leaned into that heavily thinking that it was going to lead me down this very spiritual i even read like the alchemist have you ever read that book yes i have mm -hmm. so i was like oh, this is me i'm just gonna return home to myself and this makes sense and so i did all of that um and honestly rachel i felt like it was a waste of time i was like okay so i did all of this and i still have this desire I don't know what to do with this because I tried all these different avenues and like I'm condensing years into like five minutes that I just responded. So just imagine like 
trying every avenue. Like, okay, I'm gonna go through the church way. Nope, okay, I'm gonna go directly entertainment. Nope, nobody calls me back. Okay, I'm gonna send out emails. Nope, nobody cares. Okay, I'm gonna try to be a life coach. Nope, you are barely have any clients. I think the first time that I got someone to pay for sessions for like four weeks straight and I like increased my rate, um, I remember when they did it, I was like, they're so silly. Like, why did they believe me? Like, why did they- I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. But it was like, at that time, I think it was like 500 for four sessions. And I felt like so good, Rachel. I felt so good. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was probably the beginning of realizing like what it felt like to get paid your worth, but it was not consistent enough. And I ended up needing to get a job. So to, to drop that dream. Um, or that path to get to that dream fairly quickly. Mm, mm. So uh, you realize kind of something that you were passionate about that you could make money from, but you also realize that you still needed to survive in a certain way or mm-hmm. had a certain standard of life. How did you balance that? I also uh, would like to bring up the fact that you said you were Jamaican, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part. And that's really what the balance was probably inherently my ancestors were like oh you think this is you girl we've been doing this you're cute you know what I'm saying and so I I think though for me I'm not gonna lie I hope that this goes down in history like I'm not you know saying that I agree with everything that Kanye West does but I did watch his documentary Jesus and like when he was talking about some things I was like that's me so secretly, nobody really knows like how much of a beast I am. Um, and then secretly, I just, I'm kind of like psychotic and a little obsessive about goals. And so I was just actually, before I talked to you, I was talking to someone because we didn't get a grant. And they're like, oh no, it wasn't a failure. I was like, it was absolutely a failure. Mm. We did it. <laughs> like, there's no, like, <laughs> it's not like a, like, we don't need to coddle each other. I'm I'm mad about it. I, we didn't get it. What do we need to do to do better? I'm not saying I'm like giving up, but it was just one of those things where I realized that I'm just that obsessive, which means that I'm okay with taking on three jobs at once, which I've done and was doing last year even. I will stay up as late as I need to. I will spend my last dime on a project. I will go above and beyond at a job if it's going to put me ahead or um, give me the experience that I need. And I, I'm okay with doing, well, not now, but like then I would do things for little to no money and just get the recognition. Like that's, that's me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that kind of, that leans in pretty hard to um, the type of respect that you want for the type of the quality of work that you do. So, you know, you're willing to go that extra mile or, you know, learn at whatever rate to, you know, receive that. I think that's, 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 that's real. That's a beautiful thing. Um, and I think it's a requirement for being an entrepreneur, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, say that again? No, I was just saying I agree. I think uh, there is a little bit of a romanticized still uh, more than ever uh, romanticized idea, I think, of what entrepreneurship really means. Uh, One, because people say, I want to be my own boss, but you're never really your own boss. Like, your boss is your customers or your clients. Like, it it doesn't matter, like, where you stand. Like, everybody reports to someone, you know? And I think 
the idea of slaving to do something you don't love. I'm not, I don't subscribe to that lifestyle, but I do think that even still with your passion of stepping out and doing whatever that entrepreneurial passion or calling that you have, it still requires a level of discipline, a level of organization, a level of creativity, a level of freedom, a level of, of all of those things. And I just think that that requires a different type of work ethic than clocking in and out somewhere that you don't have to think about those other things, like how the lights stay on, et cetera. Mm, mm, mm. Yo, so, I mean, you know, life coaching, ministry, life coaching, and then, you know, you touched on this like a hair, but like, speak to more of where, you know, that's kind of led you and to uh, what you're, you know, kind of currently pursuing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's, what's the world? What's the avenue? Well, that's a great question because ultimately I'll just say that my, my goal for myself would always be that I have, I used to say just a production company, but now it's kind of turned into like a media agency where I like can own the content that I produce. I can create what I want to create. I can tell the stories um, of people that look like us and not feel like I have to, again, curtail or water down or anything for anyone. But that's one of the three prong things that I really want to do. And then the other one, um, I still want um, to change television and I still believe in like a great show. However, I love Oprah. She's my auntie. We haven't met yet, but when we do, I can't wait. Um, but I can't yeah. wait either. <laughs> no, I seriously feel like she's going to be so deep with it. Oprah, I know you're listening because Rachel's that cool and has connections to you. So just hit me and we'll <laughs> but, um But I had to realize, though, that I'm not Oprah. Like, as much as, like, I used to say it, like, oh, man, I want to be the next Oprah. But I don't want to be the next Oprah. I want to be, and I am, Whitley. And that comes with the craziness that Whitley comes with. And that's why Oprah was successful, because she was her. And I got to be me, you know? So I think creating experiences um, when it comes to interviewing and telling people stories and it doesn't need to look like we're sitting on this couch with some stale water and, you know, that whole audience clap thing that isn't necessarily my thing. Like, I kind of want people to be able to twerk and like, we're dancing, we're vibing, we have some, you know, some drinks and we're talking through some issues and we're we're having a good time doing it. You know, that's my way of doing things. Um, it's kind of like, someone just coming over in your living room. And people did that a lot. They'd come visit me. They're like, I don't know why when I come around you, I just want to cry and tell you all my secrets. I don't know, but keep talking, you know? So I think that piece, and then um, I know people don't really say this because it's not necessarily entrepreneurial, but I think a part of me being my best self is having a family. So as a woman, I think I would cut that part off and I'd often like lean so much into business or I want to make this much money, but I do want to have a family. And I think that would be a great um, balance to what I want to produce for the world. I also want to be able to produce that in like my little family unit. So Heck yeah. You'd be a wonderful mm -hmm. momsies. That's dope. And it's Mother's Day month. So let's do it. Get Kruggers wet. You do it. Not any time support that. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's pretty beautiful. Okay, so 
um, you're not the next Oprah. You have this media agency. That's that's kind of the hitting the nail on the the hammer. I don't know what it's called, but <laughs> the hammer on the nail, nailing it. We nailed it. Uh, <laughs> how did you do that? Like, how did you start your own? Because I think some people think, um, you know, that I don't know what people think about whether how to start their own production company or to own their own stuff. Were there, were there anything, like how did you come to that moment and how did you find a team? Cause I'm supposing you're not doing this by yourself. I'm not, I'm not. I think, you know, for me personally, what really happened. So I wish I was really deep. I feel so bad cause you're asking all these questions and I wish I was like, really cool deep answer but in this case yo that's um, not what this show's for bro <laughs> i know i just really i think i it's like everything's in layman's terms like it's just let's yeah be real okay so real is that um i used to have my company when i first started in 2018 um i called it whitley porter productions it was a mouthful and then it was awkward like when people didn't like what you were doing and then they'd be like are you whitley porter yeah I'm weak. Right? <laughs> so I'd be like, ah, this sucks. You know, so I eventually realized, hmm, maybe there's a better way to, and then also being, and you know this, Rachel, like there's not a lot of us that are like successfully doing what we feel like we're called to do in this industry. And so right. then it got weird because then people would be like, oh, they could put like a face to a name. They could look me up. Like, so it was just kind of strange that, you know, they'd be like, oh, Whitley woman not a man because you know sometimes Whitley's like a last name or whatever and then they'd be like oh I don't know and so all of a sudden I started realizing that these natural blocks were coming up because I was giving so much away it was like I was giving the goods and I thought it was cool I'm like yeah Whitley Porter Productions what do you mean so I changed the name um to be a androgynous so that nobody really could try to focus in on what um, I looked like, or if I was a woman, or if I was the CEO, because I'd have that a lot. I'd be on sets; they'd assume that, like, maybe my, um, you know, DP or a producer or something like that was running the show because they were men. And I was like, no, actually, I'm the boss. What did you need? So I changed it to um, my media. And then also, I realized that when I say production, it also limited me because sometimes I'd be like, I produce this really dope video for someone, and I'd see how they'd post it, and I was like, that was not a good move so I'm like that was a waste of money like why did you post it like that or why didn't you have a, a whole marketing campaign so I realized oh my gosh I want to help like with campaigns and media and marketing and things like that so the team from the time that I started in 2021 to now 2023 has literally like grown so it started off like it was just again me kind of doing my thing and then having a couple people that like if I had a project here and there contracting them to then oh, I need full-time because I just got a contract. And then, oh, and so it kind of just started growing and it's still nowhere near it. Actually, again, right before this call, I was like, can I do this? Like, I literally, like, you know what? I'm about to call my staff and just be like, you guys, this was fun. This was great. I hope you had a good time. Just kidding. We're going to, like, end it all here because it can be very stressful um, to have, like, full-time staff on. So I have about, how many are full-time? four to five that are like depending on me. Like imagine every day you wake up, someone is depending on your income to like live. That's just, that's, it's scary. I mean, in my mind, that's the toughest part about really being a boss when people think about it. 
it's like you could want all and and i think that you know the name thing could you say the name of your company again <laughs> yeah myra media group myra media group okay mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about that close to the end of the show um once again so that you guys get all the info but um <clears throat> But I think, you know, changing your name, I've heard this before, for women and business women especially to do something that is on androgynous to just make sure that they're respected um, and that they don't receive that initial glance and criticism. So I think uh, it's crazy that you had to do that, but it's a great note for anybody listening, you know. Sometimes you, you, you might want to put your name on it, you might want that initial recognition, but understand that, you know, maybe if you just do a good enough job <laughs> and name it after, you know, your favorite stuffed animal when you were a kid, that could be enough, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, cool, 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 cool. So, I mean, how, what do you, what do you produce? You know, like, so the people are kind of happy and what can people come to your company for? Yeah, so let's say you are in a space where you are looking for someone to make some videos for you, to manage your social, to help you with email campaigns, anything like digital media outfacing, you're putting your brand out there, you need logo creation, you need strategy, all that business coaching, like come to Myra Media. Um, in terms of our specialty, I would say that like where we really thrive is creative concepts and like from ideation to execution, like really helping companies. And most of the time, the people that come to me, I'm not saying I'm like anti like startups, but normally it's people that either have already been doing their thing or they're like, hey, I'm looking for a refresh, a rebrand, things like that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we do. Okay, that's hella dope. I love that. I love that. Oh, okay. um, what What do you foresee, like, in in your creative future right now? You You were saying that you know there you want to have this balance between career and family at some point. You don't. You've established that you're not Oprah per se, but you are a producer and a creative nonetheless. Um, does that mean you still want to host or create more content in that realm? You know, you're kind of speaking to something that's a little more organic or uh, living room like. Is that the the next step for you? What's 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 2023 into 2024 looking like for Whitley Porter? Yeah, no, I mean, ideally, by the end of 2023, I'd love to have raised enough capital and really been able to lean in so that I can work for my company full time. Because right now, I actually still have a full time job and then do my media but they both require full-time attention because I have full-time staff. So they're like, hey girl, we have a question. We need to know the answer. What are we doing? <laughs> you know, so I'd love to be able to just fully lean into my media um, uh, family and stuff. Uh, more so like let's do husband first um, and then trickle down into the little chicklets. But um, that's more like 2024, 2024, you know, moving on. But at least... Right now, I just want to set a good foundation for myself. And I really just want to be able to say I did it. You know, I like I that. fully was able to afford to live and not just like 
I'm barely making it, but I'd love to be able to have like a nice salary that if I was to go somewhere else, I'd feel proud to be like, this is what I make. Yes, thank you. So um, because of that, that's why I don't work for myself because I can't even afford me. Um, <laughs> I couldn't afford me. I'm weak. The I don't work for myself because I can't even afford me. Girl, <laughs> no, 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 I can't afford me. Well, that's beautiful. No. All right. Okay. So guys, guys, this has been like a bunch of gems dropped right here. Um, the reality is though, you do have, you did help me through a very dark spot in my life too. Um, and you're part of the reason why I got to LA. So I just want to make sure that I give you your peas there. Whitley, her life coaching does work guys. I moved across country in full pursuit of a dream that I'm still confused about, but pursuing them <laughs> 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 but no i mean you can speak a little bit on that too i i think you've seen me through a lot of different um uh, moments and i just want to take the time to be vulnerable before we sign off in this my story portion um to you know let you speak on what you've observed and like maybe uh yeah, uh, yeah. Say what you want to say to the people, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> and then I, maybe I can say what what one of the most helpful aspects of um, encountering you uh, has been as well. Mm. Well, you know I'm a softie, so I'm gonna try to talk without crying. Not that you can see me, but um, I can't emphasize enough how proud I am of you because I think we obsess a lot over like the end result, right? The product, but the process, sometimes we're like, ah, I could care less how I get there, right? Like just make it happen. But I think that that is just as valuable, if not more. Because if you found out that someone was making like a burrito for you, but they like dragged the meat through the dirt, um, they spit on your food, they didn't cook it all the way, but they're like, it's still a burrito. It's like, yeah, but I do care about how you prepared my burrito. Like, please, I'm not interested in getting like food poisoning. And so I think as pure and beautiful as your gifts are, I think, you know, and this is where I get spiritual, but the Lord has taken you through a process. And so watching you go through this process as grueling as it is, because there's this vision that you have for yourself, but knowing that you never gave up. And as many times as I know you've wanted to, or you've been like, screw this, or you've been annoyed because something told you to call me because you knew I was going to tell you to keep going, but you <laughs> probably didn't want to hear that because you're like, no, I want you to just be like, you know what, Rachel, you are crazy. Stop. Don't believe anymore. So just to know that, you know what, almost three years ago, we were talking about this very podcast that I'm on because you believed in yourself enough to just keep going. Like that to me is more powerful than when you blow up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the fact that you said it's so valuable for me to just share this story with at least one other Rachel out there who could feel like the world is, you know, grim and I have no idea what I'm doing here or why I'm here. But the fact that you found it in yourself to say I'm valuable enough to share some words that I think could make an impact and then seeing how that little bit of hope has been so infectious, even over the last couple of months that you've leaned in, it's powerful. And so no, has your journey been perfect? I'm sure it's not ideal where you're at even now, but I can say that the triumph of just starting up every day again and again and again and again, 
that to me is like really what makes up your character and who you are. So um, thank you for not giving up and thank you for allowing me to be a part of your journey. Wow, what a doozy there with way to lay it on thick. Um, yeah, guys, again, you know, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I want to be honest with the fact that I have definitely gone through um, my series and moments of anxiety and great, great depression. And so I found Whitley in a time where I was already seeking therapy. So I was doing the work there, but I need to do some more work and I had goals. So, um, you know, one monkey don't stop the show. You know what I'm saying? You know, if there's somewhere you want to be, right? But you, you, your tie broke, you know, you got a flat, you got to figure it out. And so Whitley was very instrumental in being, you know, uh, that air pressure and pumping in life the one thing one there's one thing that you said that always gets me when i think about where i was to where i am because i can honestly say <laughs> though i am super cynical and critical of myself i work on that every day um i actually just finished uh i was telling you i finished a prayer journal um i'll talk to you guys about that in the next portion of neighborhood watch but um it was just a great uh, reminder of the things that I have been through and what to be grateful for going forward. But yeah, so although I'm not always the best at giving myself grace, I can honestly say that when I came to Whitley, I was at a point where literally after a conversation, after a session, she said, you know, like the thing is you're just like at, you're at empty, like you're at zero. You're, there's no more, <laughs> you're running off fumes. <laughs> and I don't know what in my living in New York, uh, working at least two jobs and in a production life by itself, being a production assistant probably at that time um, and working in payroll. I don't know what in my mind thought that, yeah, you could keep doing that. This, this is sustainable. You've been doing this for seven years, awesome. Um, and still do comedy and still write and still want to make films like I and be a good friend and be a good sister like it was a lot and I was on zero I really was and I could not see how I could make it across country and uh, you know the Holy Spirit I don't know how we got here <laughs> the ancestors really interceded, uh, looking back on it now but no it was a lot of um helpful words um, and lots of encouragement, a lot of perspective change, changing, a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer work. Um, again, still dealing with the therapy part. And guys, if you need um, more than therapy, if you need medication, if you need, um, you know, to just check in with a friend every three weeks, whatever that looks like, you know, don't be afraid to do it because Whitley has manifested from being my life coach to be my actual friend. It's a hard thing to do because she already knew how fucked up. Rachel, stop doing that. Okay, no, no, no. I sound like that girl at, um, on uh, Married at First Sight. She's so irritating, Nicole. And anybody's watching me now. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm pretty amazing, damn it. Um, <laughs> But no, she, you know, already knew where my stressors were. So like sometimes when you are in a point of uh, low self-esteem or insecurity or whatever that looks like, even though you can be perceived in certain spaces as being super confident, 
the reality is like you still need to do some soft work and um and you know she appreciates my sense of humor and i hers and i think that our analogies have rubbed off on each other because that burrito one was just such a doozy but did it you got quiet so i was like <laughs> this was whack and she's cutting it no, out it of the interview it was, was that really I, was, I just wanted to let you keep going with it <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, so I love you. I want people to come, come see you. If you guys need some life coaching, especially if you're a black woman and, um, or a woman of color. And especially if you also like, man, if you're a white woman too, cause with the whole time you both like, <laughs> right. I think I got you. I got you. You know, Hey, listen, I am biracial. She serves the need y'all. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but no, seriously, uh, where can the people find you? Social media, internet, all that. Where where can they, if they need to get to you, how can they get to you? If they need to get to me, please reach me on uh, my website, WhitleyPorter.com. Uh, or you can hit me on IG, Whitley underscore Porter or Whitley Porter. Like, honestly, I'm not even trying to say this to sound that way. I think I just have a great name. You can Google me. So if you just go on Google, Whitley Porter, it'll pop up. Maybe some stuff I don't want you to see. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah. I'm dead. She hits you with a Tiana Taylor. She said, Google me, baby. No, I really, I was just saying, like, sometimes when people like say long run out things, it's like nobody's writing that down. But literally, if you go on Google, because, you know, we be spying on people before anybody is about to click inquiry. Wow, I can't even talk. They're like, bye. But, um, you know, we like to see, like, who are you? Like, what you got going on? Like, let me see your stuff. So please feel free to look through all my stuff even before like Rachel you're being nice but Rachel we started together and I know she was like this girl I feel like you were trying to scare me off I, I know we're supposed to end so I'm not trying to like I'm weak like you're I'm fine you're fine when we first started I really feel like you were like this girl is about to run let me tell her everything and so Rachel you guys we used to be in sessions and she was like blah and like, I'm still here I'm still <laughs> And then we became friends because I was like, oh, you thought because we were done life coaching, I'm just out of your life. Now, I'm not saying that, like, I don't want to make it seem like that's a practice of mine, but I mean, you could, you're, you're pretty awesome. So it's been an honor to be friends with you. You're, you're a great friend. Aww. Thank you, Whit. Oh, my gosh. You about to be the new Whitley of media. Move over, Whitley Gilbert. I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, Willie Porter, thank you so much. This has been the My Story portion of this episode. And a to everybody. See you next uh, section. <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> okay, so first things first that I uh, really liked is The Con on Hulu. The Con is a series. Um, it has like a couple of seasons. Basically, it, it every episode is about a different scheme or way in which somebody has con- conned, um, I don't know, Americans, a person, um, a country just anything like uh this one of the episodes was about how this lady was conning people through coupons counterfeit coupons and like nobody was catching her as like she was going through and she was getting like 89 bottles of tide and nobody had any freaking questions wild um all right so that is on hulu boom number two everybody's been watching it uh shout out to um dang why can't i remember her name right now that's trifling let me search it right before i get into it um because also i like some of the other actors um heck yeah let's get into ali wong and beef beef is the number two that was super good steve ewan um uh uh joe lee um all other words i don't want to butcher young mazino mazino probably is how that probably i don't know little girl she was doing all right june remy holt she did okay david cho like i mean how could we not uh, i think there's some tumultuous energy around him however that has nothing to do with how good the show is the show's delicious get into it um long story short um beef is about how uh one moment in life of anger and and just snapping so to speak and in a way that we all do road rage right can lead to like a lifetime of misery um you never really know what people are dealing with i think this does a really good example of highlighting that but also highlighting people um what is it gen x or whatever like right before millennials slash some millennials like on the early half of it probably deal with um this moment of not feeling comfortable about just being themselves and what that looks like and what level of honesty is in that and how authenticity plays a role in living everyday life um okay so um that's on netflix another netflix pick is the nurse that's our number three pick the nurse is about um a night nurse um i think this is like in it's said in like dane dane danish land i don't know where dane where do the danish live um somebody answer that anyways but somewhere in europe often a faraway land um there's basically a night nurse and my mother was a night nurse so i i really was affected by this film because i was just couldn't imagine basically there's a night nurse working when she like she's a grad student she's fresh to the nursing world she gets placed in this really tragic hospital and then all of a sudden you know like she realizes that one of her co-workers might be killing the patients y'all guess what this is based on a true story lord okay so it's a limited series it's hella good um i really suggest that you get into it um number four yeah i'm gonna get critical ticket to paradise um with george clooney and uh uh what's that lady's name oh god eat pray love girl um julia roberts okay i like her sometimes this was not really one of those times what i want to see this is what i want to see this is what i want to manifest in the media industry okay i want to see everybody get a chance to just 
every culture of people to get a chance to just make something where they just get to bullshit with their friends. You know what I'm saying? They're just bullshitting with their friends and and we just there's a loose storyline and concept and we just have to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Somehow it gets a lot of promotion and it gets really gassed and and we just are all uh, we all have to watch it nobody knows if it's gonna be good or not because this is what ticket to paradise was sorry not sorry it's kind of trash um it was ticket to um let's talk about not I, i don't even know like how how they're not racist but a little racist and they think their daughter's irrational but maybe rational and maybe they were irrational in getting married <sighs> uh, a patooey but that is on amazon prime if you want to watch it um, I, I want to talk about this. I tried to stay away from um, Tyler Perry, but uh, we're just going to address this. Um, number five, Zatima. Hey, um, I just need the quality of acting to improve. Deval, you're doing the best you can, and I appreciate it. And I, somehow I feel like in your casting, just you were asked to get shirtless a lot or something because not an episode goes by where I don't see a part of your body. Um, am I, am I mad? I don't know, but uh, I would just stop, stop having them shoot it in within two hours. Stop doing that. I don't, you can tell it's getting weird. Um, okay. Um, so something that I really, and that's on BT plus BT, um, Number six, something I really liked. It was random. Found it on Amazon Prime. It is a documentary called Redefined J.R. Smith. Okay. Um, J.R. Smith didn't know a lot about him. Not going to hold you. Um, but long story short, he was a, a basketball NBA. That, I think that's what it is. National Basketball Association um, NBA pick. Um, who, who left high school directly to get into the NBA, which was like frowned upon, but only like a few people did it for a while or whatever, or something like that. Long story short, he was like a boy amongst men and they clowned him and made him feel weird and all this insecure and all these things. And he felt some type of way about, um, eventually going back to school, but he did and he redefined himself. And he also like became, and he went to an HBCU at that. He like was like, nah, I'm gonna go to HBCU. So it was really cool. And he started playing golf and he's on their golf team. So just a random documentary, but super, super good. Um, so, uh, wow. I actually have a lot of TV, but, um, I'm going to just jump to a book right quick. So, <laughs> I don't uh, get you too messed up. So that was six. Let's get into number seven. Um, something that I've been reading, 48 Laws of Power, uh, and that is by Robert Greene. Get into it. Um, it's interesting because, like, this is a book that a lot of business people and, like, Donald Trump swear by. And after reading it, you kind of understand why. Um, it, and you understand why he moved the way he did and why we don't care. It's because it's happened in our society before. Um, and, uh, it's kind of like an art of war type of book. So you learn a lot and, uh, it's kind of creepy and disturbing, but some people do play like this. Um, the other book that I would suggest, uh, right now, I, like I told you guys, I have been doing a prayer thingy. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, called the prayer playbook and it's by Jaslyn Denise 
It's a 21 day workbook to begin transformation and improve your prayer life. Basically, it's just 21 days of prompts that like just have you think about, you know, what your prayer relationship is like, um, um, what you want in the world. Uh, how do you plan on getting that? <sighs> so yeah, that is our number eight pick. Super excited about that. Um, number nine, let's talk about a podcast, all right? Our podcast highlight for this month is Militantly Mixed. Uh, that is with Shireen Fury. We had her on, uh, I believe, episode three. Uh, love her lots. She has a new episode out, and uh, it's always something super stimulating, um, talking about, you know, the lifestyle and the life and experience of mixed uh, people today's or, or today's episode yeah she actually dropped it today y'all okay or yesterday I don't know Lord I don't have I'm, I don't know how my hours work but her most recent one is <laughs> blended future project with uh Maurice Lydic Lidica um so uh he he is a content creator and he's mixed and he's cool so check that out all right um the last but not least it is mental health awareness a month and so i just want to leave us on a note that might just like get you into a space where you uh feel uh, i don't know um <laughs> more able to meet your challenges right um i would suggest you check out stuts um with it's a documentary with jonah hill and his therapist and it's pretty cool um he's kind of just going through his woes and you realize that you know a lot of us are really similar and um, we need to talk it out and everybody's working through something so um that's my you know mental health awareness madness month of uh things um that i'm sharing with you um and i hope you like it it's neighborhood watch and uh peace all right and we're back with the last portion of uh today's show happy may 1st everybody happy mental awareness month um happy a new day uh, <laughs> thank you so much for um coming and joining me uh the last portion is babe's mouth and um i know a lot of people are feeling this because we just left tax season so there's this little instagram video that i do not own the rights to be easy you know what i'm saying um but i'm gonna share with you a little bit of the audio from that okay okay all right all right okay all right So <laughs> that was a video of a kid literally crying whilst playing Monopoly because all of his money went to his taxes. Um, <laughs> it's better he feels that now because literally that is what you feel as an adult, especially if you're a woman of color. <laughs> um, 
so yeah life sucks taxes suck um we have to do them and pay them or do we says the rich billionaire um but it ties into like a little bit what we were talking about with Whitley which is like sometimes you have to keep working and hustling and like doing your side passion even as a full-time job while you work a full-time job to literally get to a point where you don't feel like where you can afford yourself and you don't feel like the taxes that you do have to give out are uh, limiting the lifestyle which you have to live and maybe it could be temporary that it does but that's not the ultimate goal you want to be able to be self-sufficient and you know maybe even bless some other people fiscally or in other ways um so yeah uh i just did the babe's mouth and you know tears tears about taxes that shit's real um but somebody's got to do them and sometimes you got to work a little harder to uh get to what you need um it's been great uh i appreciate you all for tuning in until the 15th may 15th is when we're back with another episode um shout out to whitley again um shout out to all the people listening um shout out to the term shout out because it has not gone out of style since the 90s all right peace